Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Welcome, Joshua, to Savvy Broadcasting. How are you today? Doing good. Uh, well, we're so blessed to have Joshua Maddox here from Visual 95. He's been doing for over 11 years, helping businesses grow their marketing and branding. And you're going to help us get right with that today. Um, you know, a lot of businesses think they have it grooving and maybe not so much, but you've been helping businesses get on top of all that. Share with our audience a little bit of backstory about how you came to working and uh, starting your business. Yeah. So uh, about 11 years ago, a good friend of mine and I were um, in college, who's now our now our CTO. And the web industry in a whole is has a lot of like negative connotation. People don't really understand what exactly is involved. And timelines seem to be this very fuzzy thing that someone says, hey, it should take you know, a week and then six months later, it's not done. And so, <laughs> you know, as, as I started to get into this, um, I quickly realized that the industry, you know, basically if you stick to the budget, you say you're going to do stick to the timeline that you say, um, you quickly, you know, easily come out, you know, ab above sort of a lot of the competition, which is sad. Yeah. Um, and so we, we sort of started there 11 years ago and, now taking that sort of one step further in the sense of, you know, we look at, you know, another web company who wants to sell something, you know, they've, they have a, a sort of a package that they want to just sell that sort of might fit the business need, but there's, you know, 20 or 30% sort of bloat or extra elements that the business doesn't really need. And so it's, you know, from a marketing side of things, um, mm -hmm you know, talking specifically in the marketing realm, mm -hmm. there's so many different marketing platforms from Facebook to Google to AdRoll or Bing, or mm -hmm. you know, I could keep going. Um, <laughs> and it's not necessarily, are you utilizing all of those? And, you know, we'll, we'll get into this a little later, but yeah. it's really looking at what's providing the most return. And, and there is no silver bullet in marketing. There is no one fix. Uh, every business is unique. Every you know product is unique. Um, doesn't matter if you know if you're a mechanic and there's a million mechanics. Mm -hmm. There's something unique about what you as a mechanic do, and the area you're located in, mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff. And so, um, you know, for us, that's sort of now what we've transitioned to is really you know we do a lot of website design and development. All of what we do is custom designed. Mm -hmm. um, we believe very strongly that, you know, businesses, if, if 50 different businesses look exactly the same, they use the same cookie cutter template, then no one's going to be able to tell them apart. Yes. And so the design, the content all needs to really reflect, you know, who that business is, the personality mm -hmm. of the business owner, um, you know, and, and all of that. So. You know, Joshua, what I'm getting here, and it's interesting you mentioned this right off the bat, was how many uh, marketing or branding companies or maybe even digital companies say, I'm going to build your website or I'm going to do your marketing, and they don't stick to budget and they don't stick to their promises. Why is that such a problem? Because I, I myself started, uh, hired someone four years ago to do my website. They came with disastrous results six months later, and I just fired them. Why does that happen so often? 
Yeah, I think I think there's two elements to it. So there is definitely, you know, a website itself takes a lot of time to really, if you do it right. Um, I mean, you know, if you wanted, you could hop on Wix or Squarespace and, you know, copy and paste a logo in, drop in a page of content, hit go live. And in the course of about an hour, you have a website that's live. Mm-hmm. But and that works. If you're a brand new business and you're just starting out, go to one of those platforms, you know, put up a one page with an email capture and do that. Don't hire anybody. Like it's going to take you, you know, a Saturday afternoon and, and do that. It gets you with a website, you know, over a weekend and, and you're done. Mm-hmm. But once you start to grow as a business and you need content and you need photography and you need all of this stuff, um, there's a lot of moving pieces. And so oftentimes business owners will look at it. And I think, you know, getting back to the exact question, I think the, the sort of blame here is, is sort of twofold. One, it's on the web company. They should understand that there are challenges getting content from a small business owner, but then it's also a little bit on the small business owner for not necessarily you know, outlining, Hey, you know, I want to make sure you guys are doing everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for us, one of the things that we do to help eliminate that miscommunication. So let's say, let's say you hired that web person and you thought they were writing all the content, but they thought you were providing it. There's obviously a miscommunication there. And, and on a website project, that's sort of a very low price point. Mm -hmm. They don't really have the time to sit down and plan some of that. So what we did a few years ago was developed um, sort of a packet-based system. And so like when we provide a quote, we have a seven-page PDF that we have every business fill out. And it has like one of the pages is just a grid that's like, here's everything we need for the average you know, project. We need a logo. We need photography. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, we need headshots of your team. We need content of the pages. Who's providing that? And there's two columns. And they check off that they're providing it or that we're providing it. And up front, we know what those expectations are. And it's like, okay, cool. We don't have a photographer in house, but we know some local photographers that we can pull in or we can help them find a photographer in their local area if they're out of state. And, and in that so, way, everything's lined up, right? As far as price point goes for yep. you and for them. Yep. And that way, that's one of the biggest things from a budget perspective as well is if we develop the website and we're done and they go, where's the content? And it's like, okay, well, cool. That's going to add, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars more, depending on how much content they need written. Then they need photography. Well, now we're going to, you know, and they want to, you know, headshots of all their team and it's a construction company and they want two or three site visits. Well, now that's another two, three thousand dollars in photography. And so now the content and the photography may actually be costing more than the website. And so their budget has over doubled. And Mm so, and the timeline is going to almost over double as well. And so now this project has just gone crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I I feel like for, you know, for what we have seen historically, that's where a lot of those problems come in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and in reality, you know, if we're expecting a client of ours, a small business to provide, you know, a dozen pages of copy, they're a small business owner their day-to-day operation is sort of 
putting out the fires in their business and making sure that day op, you know, the daily operations are running mm-hmm. and, and everything's happening. And so what we've developed is sort of this like one month program to help them do content. And it's like three meetings, video conference. And at the end of it, they've got, you know, five or eight pages of copy all done. And so it's really for us, it's helping remove those barriers and, you know, really just working with them to pull the expertise um, out of their mind. And that's what I think, you know, going back to, you know, what those issues might be, I think that's one of the other big things is a lot of small business owners, they've been doing this 20 years and yes. it's second nature to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that everybody does in their business that it's second nature. But if you had someone brand new walk in the door, it would take you, you know, five times the amount of time to explain it to them and show them how to do it than for you to just do it. Mm-hmm. And so we need those business owners to stop and to explain their business and really go in depth of why they're in business and why they do what they do and how do they do it. And it's really, um, we'll relate it to like a new hire. Think of us as a new hire, you know, we're a new employee, explain to us why you're in business, what you're doing and and all those processes, just like you would a new employee. You're not going to hire a new employee and tell them to sit in the corner and not do anything for six months. Um, even though I've experienced that, but what's good about this, Joshua, is that by them doing that, a lot of them, you know, might be good at what they're doing, but they've never had to explain what they're doing. And so this, and this is another thing to bring to the forefront. You're thinking, well, why is it so hard for me to get this out there? Cause you've never had to explain it. Maybe you're not even good at talking about it or putting it out there, but for you to put it out there in a very explanatory way where they, you can bring it to the forefront because the whole point is to make the businesses shine. But, you know, I want to get to a very good point here that you mentioned at the start, which is, you know, a lot of people are are throwing their brand and their marketing all over the place, but they don't know where to get the best return on investment. How do they even begin to realize where their audience is hanging out? Where, I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. So, um, it's really about just evaluating your customers. Um, and that could be two ways. One is simply asking. If you ask every single customer, how did you find us? Um, that's a huge piece of information to know. If they said, you know, if 95% of your customers found you through a referral or through a fit your Facebook page, but you're only spending $5 a month on a Facebook page, post boost and you're spending $500 a month on Google AdWords, your, your money's in the wrong spot. And so simply asking your customers, how would you find us or how did you find us? Um, asking your customers things like, Hey, if you were to look for us again, mm-hmm. where would you go? How would you start that process? Um, and those, those are key. Mm-hmm. Um, really knowing that the other thing is is diving in and understanding your customer from the aspect of things like, you know, if you're a business and you don't know the average age, income, geolocation, education level, family status, uh, marital status, you know, if you don't know those things, you know, Mm -hmm. are they a homeowner? Are they not? You need to know those. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had a, a prospect who came to us, um, they 
just for, for sake of argument, they build high-end luxury pools. Okay. And so asking them, they've been in business 30 years, and we said, cool, who's your ideal client? Who's your ideal customer? And they're like, well, sort of anyone in Southern California. And it's like, okay, cool. So the guy who rents a room in an apartment, where is he putting his luxury pool? No, this person probably is typically married. They have kids who are in high school or college. They own a home. They probably have, you know, if they're spending $200,000 on a pool, these are the like crazy nice ones with rock waterfalls and like super high end. Like you probably have a decent amount of extra income, you know, if you're spending that type of money. So really understanding who those customers are. And, and that's, you know, typically through a conversation. The other thing that we often tell companies to do is think of, you know, those three or four customers that you have that you would drive, you know, three hours in rush hour traffic and cancel your plans on a Saturday afternoon just to go help them. Like think of who that customer is. That's your dream client. That's your dream customer. Who are they? You know, buy them a cup of coffee and, and really get to know them and then find, you know, use that person's model model to find more like them. Mm. I like that you say this because there's so many business owners, even that I deal with today as a consultant, I'll walk in and they'll be, they'll be the same way. They're like, what do I have to know their education level? And da, da, da. it's the whole package. And what I like here is you listen to the business he did and you deduced based on the fact that, okay, this is the type of pool it is. Here's how much it costs. Your ideal client probably looks like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the crazy part is the fact that they don't, they've been in business 30 years and they didn't comprehend that. Mm. And small business owners, if you know that, you know, when you're starting out, if they would have known that 30 years ago, they would be 10 times the size. They would be financially so much better off now than Mm. where they were. And so it's crazy. You know, Joshua, what I'm getting from this, just yesterday, there's a business owner in Midtown that was reaching out to me, a chef. I went to a restaurant with a friend. He's trying to sell me his business. Like, we can do catering for you. We can da 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 But I would never need his services because I work on a one-on-one basis for the most part. Now, I might know people I can refer him to, but I was thinking while he kept trying to sell hard to me that you're barking up the wrong tree. And so what I'm gathering from you, if you don't know your ideal client, you're wasting a lot of time on people and barking up trees of clients who are just not your fit. Yep, exactly. And that, that really comes down to uh, the buzzword in market, marketing nowadays is niche down, niche down, find your niche. And that's, that's exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. Just the word, you know, find your niche is sort of just this buzzword. And mm-hmm. so for that chef, you know, if he's looking at catering to a room of 200 people, obviously catering for you with a lunch with a client is probably him wasting his time. He needs to niche down in his marketing. And so a wedding might be perfect. Uh, a company who has 100, 200 employees catering a company lunch, that would be perfect. Yeah. And so he needs to look for businesses who have a facility, one office that employ more than 150 people on site. Mm. And so that's a perfect ideal client. Maybe they're going to do, you know, a corporate Christmas party or something and he caters it. And so those are the things that it's like, you know, he could, 
market to a million people like you who it's going to be, you know, you plus one person for lunch, mm-hmm. but the conversion rate's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where if he markets to, you know, the businesses who have a hundred, 150 people for lunch, yes. his conversion rate is going to be super high. Exactly. And so we literally have uh, landing pages. Uh, so we do Facebook advertising and Google AdWords and stuff for clients. And we have landing pages that are a cold ad. So these people have never heard about the, hmm. the client or something before. And we show them an ad on Facebook, they click on it, and they're converting to an, a first name, email and phone number capture at like 30%. Wow. Which is, for those of you listening, that's about 10 times industry average. That's awesome. And so that's what happens when you niche down because you're not showing ads to people who don't care. Mm. And so you're showing ads to people who do care or people who have, you know, have the money. Um, that's another good point. You could be hitting a client that I'd love to work with you. I had nothing in my pocket as opposed to, okay, here are the people who are not only buyers in key, but buyers that have the cash flow right now to put it on the table. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You look at companies like Porsche, you know, they make high end luxury cars. They are not going to market to someone who's paycheck to paycheck. They're going to market to someone who owns a home, who has a fairly substantial, like 401k who has money in the bank and who could probably walk in and write a check out of their savings account and buy the car. And so that's who they want as a customer. And so it's really, you know, sort of thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This has been a great talk and we could go on for a long time. I know we could, this is (laughs) fabulous information. You've given a lot of content to our listeners today, but I want them to find out how they can find out more about you work with you. How could they do that? Yeah. So, um, on social media, uh, 95 visual or our website, 95 visual.com. Um, we also have uh, a few different packets and I was actually putting a list together. I'll, um, make sure I make this link available. So 95 visual.com slash plan P L a N. Uh, we have four different, uh, sort of resource guides that are there. One is our 10 easy steps to help build a website. It walks through, um, some of the stuff that we've been talking about, knowing your ideal customer, knowing who you are as a business. Um, we also have three of our other PDF packets that we have made available just publicly. Um, we have one called ideal client workbook. This is designed for a small business to help you find out and figure out who your ideal client is. We have another one that's a content planner. What's the key objective or the call to action of your about page, of your services page? If you don't have a key objective, then that person's going to figure out whatever they want the key objective to be. And that may be leaving Google searching and finding your competitor. And so if you don't give a customer a next step, they'll figure out their own. Mm. Um, And then the other one, which is always a problem, is uh, how to write a bio. and Small business owners love what they do, but absolutely hate talking about themselves and hate talking about how they got started and, and, and that type of stuff. Now, I, I will say there are exceptions, but for the most part, we have found that small business owners are terrible at writing bios, myself included. I will say the last time we launched our website, our whole team had all their bios. Mine basically had a paragraph from our content strategist that basically said, Joshua didn't provide a bio, so below is the one we made for him. Um, 
<laughs> so I, you know, I fall victim to this as well. And so the, our bio writer one is basically like a Mad Lib style um, element where they just sort of go in, fill in the blanks, and it gets you 90% of the way there. So. Nice. That is fabulous. Well, I have to thank you again, Joshua, for coming to share your great brilliance today on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Hey, this is Joshua Maddox with 95 Visual. Uh, a lot of small business owners talk about their website and not having a budget for their website. If you treat your website and marketing like a pet rock, you're gonna get the same in return. Have a website budget, have a marketing budget, and it'll actually provide you a return. Check out 95visual.com slash plan for more information on how you can grow your business. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.